most college basketball. Get done with the NFL, the college football season, a pretty boring one, what, 65-7? So uh, in the season on a pretty crappy note, and now college basketball, we're at it. How's it going? Uh, first off, let me start. Uh, this is the first time I have hosted a show. I've been a guest, uh, never hosted. So we will make errors. I'm sure Chad and I will both make errors. Uh, this is the first live show ever, so feel free. Uh, roast us in the chats, whatever you got. But Chad, how you been? How's it going? Uh, got a lot to talk about on a big, fr- a really short Friday, but a really big Saturday coming up. Good, man. I was just at T-Mobile because I had like three phones and none of them would connect. So I had to get the guy to connect them. But um, besides that, we're pretty good. Woke up early today, took the dog for a nice walk. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good Friday slate to do that. You didn't miss out on much. There's uh, about nothing on this Friday slate. I mean, I was going to try and force something. Um, where was it? If Sienna and Niagara got up to like 130, I would have hit it. Marist and Kinesis, I would have said the over. Just because Kinesis pushes it really hard. Yeah, so first, let's hop into the uh, sponsor of the show. It's a uh, yes. sponsor of the Hammer Circus. I have a segment to read. Here we go. We're going to try this. Uh, let me just say, first off, Circa is the best. I'm, without reading this, it is the best. Everyone knows it's the best. Their Twitter account. Uh, there's no person that uses Circa that doesn't assume that Circa is the best, sharpest sports book in the world. But to the intro that I am supposed to read and going to struggle, the segment of Hit the Books is sponsored by Circa Sportsbook. Bet like the pros, the world's largest sportsbook, right at your fingertips on the Circa app. Bigger app limits. They have better money line splits. They have the lowest hold percentage and the best customer service there is. Sports betting on the go has never been better. Download now, fund your account, and bet like the pros from anywhere. Uh, I believe Circa is in Las Vegas and Colorado. And if you have the ability to bet there, I would highly, highly, highly recommend. I will be in Vegas next week, Thursday through Sunday, I believe. So if you're watching this in your Vegas, hit me up. But uh, I will be at Circa. Told Jeff I'd shake hands with him. And so that would be interesting. But... Uh, all that said, let's hop into college basketball. That's what we're here for. Um, as Chad said, there's not much on the Friday slate. We're going to talk about Friday. If you have any questions, pop them in the chat. We will we will get to those as we go. But uh, a Friday board that basically had nothing. Uh, do you have any opinions, any any soft leans before we hop into Saturday? Because Saturday, 130 games, we're looking pretty pretty hefty there. Um, I have one one game. So if you have anything, talk about Friday. I'll go, and then we'll hop into Saturday. I think I kind of went on Friday, Friday and Monday slates. I usually don't like that much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to get grimy, maybe St. Peter's over and then maybe even like a Manhattan Mount St. Mary's under just because they both play so slow. Yeah, and uh, Mount St. Mary's big man will be out. He was out on Sunday. He's out again today. I think he averaged uh, 10 and 7. So that's an interesting note. There really hasn't been much movement. I think it was assumed that he was out, but it does hurt Mount St. Mary's a good bit. Manhattan is a really inefficient team overall. So it's a team that I know you and I have both backed several of unders in that situation. Uh, I needed a 132 there, so it's not going to come. But worth noting that Mount St. Mary's will be without their starting center. The one game I had on the Friday slate, and I didn't love it too much, so we're just gonna we're just gonna go brief on it. Is the Nebraska Purdue game? So this this is a Nebraska Purdue matchup that's already happened once this year. Uh, it was an absolutely pitiful game. Uh, they went sixty six possessions, way under the total uh, in an overtime game. Still didn't get to the number. I think they got to one twenty seven. You get a one thirty two. I actually like the over here. I think that teams in most cases are going to push the pace to not allow Zach Eady to get down the court because when he is down the court. This team is unstoppable. They're near the top of the nation in efficiency. Defensively, if he's in the center of the lane clogging up everything, you're going to struggle. I think tempo probably gets pushed here. I got a 132.5 this morning. We're seeing, what, Cirque is almost at 134, juiced up 133.5. So uh, interesting moves. Do you have any opinion on that game there? No, I like that. I mean, every time I hear Zach Eady, I have to talk about how he started playing hockey, ice hockey, which is just (laughs) unreal. Um, but no, I mean, I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, me in big market game, I would rather bet on like Penn and Dartmouth than like a big game. Not because I don't want to watch it just because edge wise. 
But yeah. no, I will do that for sure. Yeah, we have uh, we, Saturday will be loaded. We have a, a bunch of Penn and Dartmouths and we have a bunch of really big names to hop into. So without further ado, let's hop into Saturday. Again, if anybody has questions, pop them in the live chat. Zach will send them to our feed and uh, we'll get back to as many as possible. We're going to have a couple bets that we track on the BetStamp app. I believe it is the Hit the Books account. Um, Zach will post it somewhere, but I believe it's the Hit the Books account on BetStamp. Track everything we talk about, but I think that we're going to have three shows on the play today. We're going to leave them to the end. Uh, make you make you sit back and wait, but let's hop into Saturday. So the first game that I noted, worth noting, and these were just me choosing random games that I thought would be interesting, is the Kansas State-TCU game. TCU, also, we made these lines. Uh, there were no markets available. It's, what, 4 p.m. in Alabama. So uh, there were no markets available. I'm using Ken Palm's projected, and if there was a market at the time that we started the show, I have them. Some of them we don't, though. So I have TCU minus two and a 146 line versus Kansas State. Uh, you have any opinion on the TCU Kansas State game? Um, let me see here because I pulled that up too. You're good. I can I can crank out while you pull up. So I, mean, I have. Kansas, yeah, I mean Kansas State does push it a little bit. Um, I forget. I want to say TCU is like yeah, 54 in tempo. So that's going to be definitely a. What did you say, the under? Sorry, I'm like all over the place today. No, you're good. I, I was just reading the market. Uh, number is TCU minus three and a half and 145 and a half. No, I definitely would like TCU there. I mean, that would make it a pick em on an even floor, basically. And we all know how big home court advantage is. I mean, you saw Gonzaga last night just basically lose. Um so, yeah, I like that for sure. One game I'm looking at, and this is just like it's going to drive me insane because I'm always on the wrong side of it, is North Dakota State and Omaha. So, North Dakota State is like 215th in efficiency um, and like 171 is like middle of the pack pace-wise. And then you have Omaha who is – not great shooting 240 um but they're a bit faster so it just all depends on pace but man 147 with teams that are you know 240 in efficiency for omaha and then you know north dakota states three no that's north dakota um north dakota states like 215 i mean unless it ends up being a hack fest i just don't I'm probably gonna end up playing that under. And listen, I have um, I have an unfortunate news for me, good news for you and your under. So this Omaha team will not go into Hackfest. Let me be the first to tell you. Last night was it last night? I believe uh, we bet on the Omaha versus North Dakota over. Uh, there was it was a 67-62 game with two and a half minutes left, and they scored a combined two points to end the game. Uh, so we did not get the cover there with what seemed like every possibility there was to in a two-possession game, no fouls. So uh, don't worry about Omaha by any means fouling because they want to get home as fast as they can to Omaha, Nebraska, and literally do probably jack nothing. Um, but who knows? So this uh, going back to this TCU game, uh, I just have a couple notes on it because uh, it's, it's a marquee game and I want to talk about it, is first thing, and the first note, I'm well aware. I'm sure everybody knows this. I was not aware that this Keontae Johnson is the same Keontae Johnson that had the uh, heart issues on the floor in the Florida, Florida state game a couple years back, fell on his face in the floor, terrifying. Like it, it shocked the world. It was, it was terrifying. He is an absolute bucket. I don't know if you've kept up with this kid. He, so he fell on his face, wasn't able to play for a year and a half, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and now is probably, he is the second most efficient player in the nation in conference play. So love to see that. Uh, but in my opinion, I think that Kansas State has shot like the most hot they could potentially shoot. They scored 116 versus Texas in regulation, which is just mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, that game was insane. I mean, that was an NBA total. Yeah, it was crazy. And uh, no no overtime, no anything. It was The halftime score was near both teams' team totals and projections. So uh, interesting, this 146 you couldn't catch me on an over or an under here. Uh, I think that Kansas State's due for a lot of drop-off. TCU has the talent pool to do that. Uh, but these two teams are both in the top 100 in tempo. So I think that number is probably right. Um, 
there. I, I know I'm talking marquee games, and and you want to go to the to the Nebraska Omaha's, but uh, if you have anything on that one or or any other marquee games, I've I've a couple lists. I know people want to talk about the uh, the fun ones, and then we'll hop in the the uh, Youngstown States. Yeah, I mean, I don't have like, I mean, I guess this really isn't like a big game but i've been intrigued by south dakota state this year just because year after year they're so good and they're kind of having like an off year um so i haven't watched much of them but you know when i see them as i think they're getting a point um that interests me just because like i mean they have talent year after year after year um i don't know what you think about that game but i mean i always enjoy watching them yeah, South Dakota State's an interesting team year after year. As you say, they're good. Um, this year is just a completely different team. If you've watched them play, they it just it's really painful to the eyes. I believe it was the North Dakota game. Yeah, they won by one, uh, 60 to 59. <clears throat> they had five points in the first 13 minutes of that game, I believe. I could be wrong on that. That was just watching. Um, but it was it was rough to the eyes. This team is not the team that they used to be last year. They were first in the nation in effective field goal percentage. They've been top six for each of the last three years. This year, they are 275th. So we're seeing a completely different team. Uh, they're a really good free throw shooting team, which I think is indicative of regression towards a positive shooting. I think if you can shoot free throws, you're a pretty good shooter. Free throws, as we've seen, um, a lot of people can't hit free throws. So if you're, if you're shooting free throws at an 81% clip, either – the correct people are getting fouled, which is usually what's happening, or you are a pretty good shooting team. And I don't think they're 275th by any means in the nation. So uh, we should see some regression. I would agree there. South Dakota is a really weird team. They've had a whole bunch of instances uh, that were not good in their, uh, in their locker room and on their sidelines. So their coach fell on their fit, fell on his face on Christmas, uh, trying to put up Christmas lights and was out two games. If you remember that. So South Dakota has been an interesting team to keep up with. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a game that this is a team that I have bet the under on a, a good bit. And for anybody watching that doesn't know us, uh, Chad bets almost exclusively unders. He is an under better. He he finds value in unders and absolutely pounds them. So uh, we're getting pretty good market beat on the unders. And I have found myself so far this year basically doing the same. Um, and this is one of the teams that I have bet on consistently. And I'm curious your take, Chad. So the Clemson versus Duke game. Ken Palm made this number, and Zach will pull up with a number currently. Hopefully we have one. They made this Clemson by one in a 71-70 game. So Clemson minus one and a 141 line. Here's the thing. I've bet, yeah, so 142 and a half, which actually is very good for my take. I think, in my opinion, Clemson is pretty close to fraudulent. Like They, they sit 14-3. and three. They're, they're a good basketball team. From every metric, every standpoint you look at, they're a good basketball team. But they are 12th in the nation at three-point shooting. P.J. Hall is four, he is 42% from the three-point line. Like, this is a team that is due for so much regression, in my opinion, uh, that is ridiculous. P.J. Hall is a really good basketball player. I think Hunter Tyson is a really good basketball player. But still, these are just numbers that they, they have to fall off. Duke has not looked like the Duke we've seen for years at this point. And uh, I think they have the talent pool to, to stop somebody like a Hunter Tyson. So it'll be interesting. I, I like the under 142 and a half a lot here. It was almost one of the plays for the show. And if you agree, then we can make it a play. But uh, yeah, that was my take there. Duke is always an interesting team. I think Duke wins out right here. No, I like that. And I also think it's a good bounce back, although I don't really usually play too much into that. But I mean, that NC State game was just fucking disgusting. Um, so you got to think that they're going to kind of wake up a little bit. Um, and then as far as the undergoes, I mean, when I see a team like Duke, who's I'm going to try and do this off the top of my dome without looking at Ken Palm. I think they're 249 in tempo. Very close, very close. Two fifty. So I think, I, I mean, I think the key to them winning the game and getting back on track is slowing the pace. So yes, let's make that maybe a CC and Chad official right there. Yeah, I like that. The uh, getting a one forty two and a half is nice. So I would agree. Uh, lock in our first play of the show, which is the under one forty two and a half in the Duke Clemson game. I think Duke wins out right here. We'll see, but we're not too worried about that. All we want is no points at all. The next game we have on our list, and we see somebody talking uh, about a fate of Coach Calipari, which is interesting. 
Kentucky line opened up in a number that I thought was insane. Come to find out there's injuries and, and they might be without two players. So that's probably the reason here. Uh, Kentucky opened up a 14-point dog versus Tennessee. you have opinions on Kentucky, Tennessee, or, or anything in that situation? Well, I'm holding, I think, 35 to 1 on Tennessee. So when it comes down to Tennessee, I love Tennessee all the time. Do I like them in this spot? I don't know. I do like, as a few guys we talked to, and of course we're going to go back to the unders, um, Cal has said that the running and just chucking up shots is just not working anymore. Um, so I do think, and it didn't happen the last game, but I do think they're going to slow it down a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really big on Tennessee this year. And when they're cooking, they're cooking. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I watch these Tennessee games and I kind of have a different perspective. They, they, I talked about this this morning, uh, but this team has really good wins. They beat Mississippi State 87 to 53, and I see where people are coming from. I don't think that they're as good as they, they're rated out to be their first in the nation in defensive efficiency. I don't think that this is this Tennessee team. I just don't see how they score with really good teams. And we've seen this the 77 68 versus Vandy. They beat South Carolina State out of the gym. Cool. Good job. Uh, and that kind of looks bad on Kentucky since they lost to South Carolina, obviously. But then they struggled versus Ole Miss. They won by four. They beat Maryland, didn't cover a five. Like, this is a team that they beat Kansas. That's a really good win. They played USC to overtime. Like, I don't know. I, I, I worry that when they play these teams that want to run a faster pace, they're going to struggle. The issue here is Kentucky's without Jacob Toppin. He was uh, questionable for tomorrow. And there's one more questionable. I don't have it off the top of my head. Uh, but there's another questionable on that team pretty significant. And so the 14 kind of makes sense. Um, if Jacob top, if, if it was healthy versus healthy, I would make this like seven and a half, eight, eight and a half. I think that Kentucky has played to the absolute floor of their absolute floors uh, and Tennessee vice versa. So 14 seems crazy, but with injuries, I'll allow it here. The next one. And this one is interesting because you talk about futures. Uh, you're 35 to one with Tennessee. I have one future that I'm looking at. I really don't bet futures. But I think that this is the best team in the nation. Kansas Jayhawks play tomorrow. They play Iowa State, oh, yeah. and they're an eight-point favorite. Kansas futures, and Zach has a picture of it. Um, Kansas is plus 1,300 to win the national championship. And um, I think – yeah, I think that's way too low. I, this is the best team in the nation, in my opinion. I I struggled to bet this game at eight because I think that Iowa State is a team that can kind of put pressure on Kansas. They – Kansas won by one in their in their January matchup last year. So I could see this being close, uh, but I think they're the best team in the nation. I think that 1,300 soft, and you're getting a pretty good number. What is your opinion on Kansas, the Jayhawks? You got Bill Self. You got anything there? Well, listen, dude, I love them. Um, I bet them big against, what was the other game? Tech. They played yep. Tech. Yeah. Yeah, one second. Let me crank out this future. Zach, put it up. Zach, pop it back up real quick. Uh, a little plug, and I think it's interesting because they're the sponsor of our show. We're going to talk about it. This future is by, at Circus Sportsbook. Uh, Circus is the only that I know. I am aware. I could be wrong, and if I am, let me know in the chats. But I think Circus is the only place that you can get yes and no on futures props like Kansas to win the championship. 1,300 to win the championship seems a great bet. Uh, but if you don't like it and you want to lay every dime of juice you possibly can, you can bet the no if you want to. Like If you... If you Think that Kansas is fraudulent and you think that I am an idiot, bet the no. Feel free, 2200 uh, But I think 1300 is the bet there at that price. And, uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. Sorry, Chad, you go ahead. Take, take a shot. No, you're giving me bad flashbacks because I joined – I don't know if you know CK on here and the one future needed, Gonzaga, every single year. So I would have loved – because I think before that Baylor game, it was like – I don't want to say, was it plus, I think they were, I think Baylor was like plus 50, plus 150. To, I uh, mean, just game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you talking about last year's Gonzaga? No, no, no. Two years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they were plus 1,000 headed uh, in the preseason. They closed, I believe, minus like 125. It was assumed that they were winning. And then they got absolutely ransack there wasn't even a game i i remember we watched that at a friend's house and by the time i got to the house the game was over it was 32 to 12 or something crazy 
And uh, I just turned around and left because I was the only person with the Gonzaga Futures. So I did not want to be there. Yeah, that was not fun. And then what made it even worse is that they like did have a couple runs in them, I think right before the first half ended. And then Baylor came out in the second half, just kicked the shit out of them. It was it was a grown men versus boys game. Uh, it looked from the opening tip. The opening tip, he was three inches over Drew Timmy. And then from that moment on, it felt like he was three inches over everything. Um, let's see what the futures are for Gonzaga on Circa. They're in alphabetical order, so I can just scroll through this. Gonzaga is plus 2,200 right now, which after that BYU game seems to make a lot of sense. This team, they're, they're really struggling right now. I think they're better than they've looked, but uh, they are struggling. All right, uh, Nick, you got anything? Me? Yeah, I thought you, I thought you were about to start a sentence. No, I was going to say I'm a pessimistic pessimistic UConn fan. I don't think Hurley – I mean, I'm not the biggest Hurley guy. I don't – I think he's a good recruiter. I don't love him coaching. I mean, I don't know, but they are talented as fuck. I think they're sitting at like, what, plus 1,400? Um, Jesus, they were plus 6,600 in the summer. Um. That would be a nice ticket to sit on, but at plus 1400, you can get Tennessee at the same price. You can get Arizona at the same price. And this is at MGM. Yeah. On this, on this screen, um, I think that probably Arizona for me, though the team that really sticks out to me that I just think is fraudulent is Alabama. I, I, people keep saying this Alabama team and maybe it's because I'm a Homer and I just don't want Alabama to be good because when they're good, I have to, admit they're good even though i live basically in tuscaloosa i i watch alabama and every single time i'm waiting for the floor to explode and it has not they look great uh i think virginia at 2800 at barstool is a, is a pretty good number uh but again i don't lay many futures i just was curious your opinion on kansas i think kansas is the clear number one zach if you could scroll up um uh, if you're on that screen uh and see who is the favorite yeah so houston Houston, Tennessee, the Kansas. I think Kansas uh, has a really good shot against Houston. And you're getting a much better number. Let's see, 850 at Barstool. You're getting 1,300 at Circus. So, again, Circus, sponsor the show. It's the best place to bet. So, a, a nice little plug. But let's go back into the Saturday games. The next one we're going to talk about. I just muted myself as I was talking. Uh, the next one, and then we're going to hop into a couple of plays. I have listed was Youngstown versus Oakland. Youngstown has looked amazing do you have any opinion on youngstown overall this is a really good basketball team uh, i wish i did and now i seem like an amateur um i, no, think, I, I think i watched them against detroit yeah detroit who is six and twelve but i think the score was a little bit closer than it was um so i definitely do like them some more teams if we want to get on like or do you want to talk about their specific game are they oh uh, you're good L let me crank out my youngstown thesis let's see if i can uh, convince people that the youngstown is better than most might think and then we'll just crank out a couple of your uh ones before we hop into some place so this oh, yeah. youngstown team is 10th in the nation and and basically top 10 top 20 in every offensive metric uh they have looked really good ken palm has them as a five point favorite opened up three and a half Interesting to note there. I actually don't like the side here. I think Youngstown is really good, but they are they have played well above their standard. This Oakland team, geez, listen, listen to the schedule that they've been forced to play this year. So they have played Oklahoma State, a San Jose State team who is much better than, than most people would give them, Syracuse, Boise State, and Michigan State. So Oakland is as battle-tested as you're going to get for these low-level teams. This total opened up 159.5. I think that Oakland – has the ability to make Youngstown not be a top 20 offense um, because does Youngstown have a group of the best shooters in the nation? No. And so it'll be interesting. I think that Oakland can probably force this number down. Um, I made this 152. So I was, I was pretty off of this number. That's uh, a big number. Uh, and, and so I like the 159 and a half. I'm curious your opinion there. It's a number that usually I, I try to stay away from these high deviation, high totals, uh, but I like the under 159 and a half. I think that's a number that only, a select few teams like the Cornells, the Oral Roberts, those type of teams should get 159 and a half. Yeah, Oakland too. 
Um, let me see if I'm right again. Yeah, Oakland does not play specifically fast. They're kind of, I mean, I guess they're just about middle of the road. The only thing with them is their defense is fucking horrible. Um, I could see that though. And I'm also getting more into, I used to really stay away from the high numbers. Um, but I mean, there's so much value to some of these high numbers that like, you just got to start taking them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. especially in a conference, like, um, like the fucking, oh my God, why I literally have a t-shirt. Um, Oh, the big guy. That's B3's conference. He loves that. I know. I got a shirt too. Um, but like Northern Arizona, you'll see totals of like upwards of like 140, 145. And like they play pretty slow and they're not good offensively. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like these 159s, we're seeing a Youngstown team 141st in tempo. And an Oakland team, 150. This is not a team. The, the national average on total is 140. So to see two teams that are basically split even of the road in pace, um, to get a number that is 20 points over the national average seems crazy to me. I think it's mostly due to the fact that Youngstown has been so efficient on offense. Oakland is not a really an efficient offense. I mean, they haven't been bad. They can't really shoot the three ball. Uh, they're 164th in efficiency, but the, the biggest issue here is defense. They they suck on defense. They're 330th, so uh, you never really know what you're going to get with these kind of teams. Uh, and I just I, I think it's too many points. 159 and a half. I leaned the under there. Uh, does not a, we're not tracking this. This isn't a bet, but uh, I've gone to head. I'm taking the under in the Youngstown game. That said, and the reason I noted it, and the reason that I wanted to talk about it is sometimes you have to admit defeat. And the worst bet I have had this year was Youngstown IUPUI. I had the under 141, and Youngstown scored 105 points by themselves. And so uh, that's uh, that's when you don't even get mad. You just, you know, I respect Youngstown for going eight for nine from three to start the game, props, and and you move on. But that's that there, Scott, not Scott, Chad. Uh, do you have any games that you want to talk about before we hop into the uh, two official plays? I believe we have two or three uh, for this show. Um, well, speaking of a bad beat, by the way, you just made me think of it. I was, hold on. I was watching, because I'm still trying to model women's basketball, and I forget who it was, but they literally had a zero uh, point quarter, and they went to the line twice with like 30 seconds left and then with one second left and they missed all four. I believe it. It's women's basketball. That, uh, <laughs> that says what it needs to say. Somebody in the chat says T rank, which is Bart Torvik, uh, has St. Mary's number five in the nation, but he doesn't see how they get over Kansas Purdue. Any thoughts? I think that's crazy. I, uh, I would completely agree. I, Torvik is somebody who I believe I could be wrong here. I think that they throw away their previous results. So this is Torvik only uses 2023 numbers uh, at this point. It's January. So, I mean, it doesn't hurt too bad, but uh, they don't look at anything else. I, I don't think that in any case of 15 and four St. Mary's team is better than 15 and one Kansas team. It, not even close. I don't think that there's even an argument there. I, I respect Torvik's numbers at times, but I think that those are a bit psychotic. Also, I don't think, the UCLA is the third best team in the country, but that's just me being personal. Also, uh, you say not better than Purdue. I would agree that Purdue is better than St. Mary's, but I do think that Purdue is not a top five team in the nation. I probably put them at eight, but St. Mary's is just not the five, six, or seven that I'm putting over them. Um, so I have, I have Arizona over Purdue and St. Mary's. Um, and so, yeah, you're correct. I, I think that that is a, a goofy number. I hope that some market somewhere uh, – reflects St. Mary's as number five. And I would go on Circa and I would bet the no on that future for them to win the championship. I like it. Lay it. Yeah. So uh, if you don't have any men's basketball games, let's hop into, we have a couple bets that we could talk about, get them listed on our, our bet stamp and uh, try to try to rank, crank up these numbers. Maybe we'll get a little COV and, and make this account look good. The first one that I have and you're going to like this one, Chad. It's really smelly and really nasty. I like the, I new, 
I like, I, I believe I could be wrong, but I think that this, this uh, abbreviation is the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Inge- I am it. I right there? Uh, versus Albany. And uh, what's the total? 122? If Zach could pull that up, I, I, Ken Palm has this as 137. And if that is right, give me the under as many times as I can bet. I, we didn't have a number when we made the show. So we're going to see if it's, if it's even close to 137, the under will be the bet in the Albany versus Injit game. Uh, let's see. No numbers are up per Zach. So uh, we're going to let that one slide. Um, I maybe. I don't know how this will work. Uh, we just this show was early, so we won't even talk about that one. Maybe by the end of the show, we have numbers. But if it's in the if it is in the range near 137, uh, I will be betting on that under for sure. Albany doesn't want to push any pace. Uh, Injit has a big man who shoots 30 percent of their shots. They want to slow down. That that offensive style and scheme only makes sense if you're playing in the half court. Um, so, do you have an opinion there? Before we can't post that because there's no number available, but we will see if it is at the end of the show. No, I like that. NJIT is kind of a school that I've rode for a few years now. Um, I think they play a bit faster than they used to, but I mean, I used to be able to crush some NJIT first halves that would end on like 51 points. Um, So I like it. And to piggyback off you, uh, a very similar number in a game I like is Irvine and Northridge under 136 and a half. Um, Irvine is good. They play quick. Northridge is not very good. Um, obviously, I mean, the line's 10 and a half. I just don't really know how many points Northridge scores. And I do like a game like this. One of my angles, and, and I really would like to start tracking it more, is a bad team who plays slow as an underdog, like what the pace of the game is. Because it kind of feels like if you're a slow-playing team and you're playing someone fast, you got to slow the game down, play it on your own terms, and it usually works out pretty nicely for me. So I was thinking I had that game at, I think, like 133. So 136 and a half right now at five dimes. I'm thinking that bet online will probably go 137 something like that so i'd play anything over like 134 yeah interesting i have this at 134 on the dot so i'm pretty close to market um i i this is a irvine team that plays faster than my numbers have had so i I try to stay away from irvine games it's interesting because i know you've had uh success with northridge and it's it's an interesting idea of tracking like where teams are relative to the strength of the game, if, if, a, if a dog as big as that can hold up their pace, in most cases, I lean towards the other way around. I think that um, if a team is a significant favorite and they are fast, they're going to be able to force the pressure that they want. Um, that's why they're the favorite here. Uh, and so <laughs> bunting for, I don't even want to try to say this guy's name, but he says he can keep his eye out for engine total. New Jersey Institute of Technology. I'm here for it. Uh, yeah. So Chad likes the under in the Irvine game. If we can get some numbers on all of these, I wish books would post earlier. But the next game we have, and and you'll see a common thread here. Whenever uh, us two are betting on games, it is you're not going to get Duke very often. We have a Duke Clemson total here, but you're not going to get these games very often. And the next one I go to is probably one of the bigger names that I will bet. Um, I am going to lay the eight in the Toledo versus Northern Illinois game. If eight is available, Zach, uh, it was on Ken Palm. So we're still stretching here. Um, yeah, we can get an eight. Ooh, it's going to eight and a half. So uh, is that enough to be able to lock for the show? I would say probably not just with one book open. But uh, however we want to track it, eight, eight and a half is fine. This is just a completely different. It's a disparity in talent. I think Toledo is a really good basketball team. I watched Toledo versus UAB. Um, my, the Blazers are my team, and they they cooked up UAB in the Barstool Classic. So I uh, I've I've had respect for Toledo, a very veteran balanced team. Also, the biggest thing here, Northern Illinois is without their best player, who tore his ACL in the last game. It was kind of like silent news. He was out, and people it just like slowly came out that it was it was a torn ACL. Like I think that it was much more of a oh wow that was an ACL. Uh, then it, then imagine I think that this is definitely baked into the number, but. Not enough. I, I, this Northern Illinois team doesn't have much. So eight points here. I will lay it. 
and take Toledo. I'm not sure for since there's only two books open, this show will probably need to be delayed a little bit just because we don't have enough books at the current moment. Um, but I like the eight there. If we can get it eight, eight and a half, that is fine. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm wishing that, you know, I love these extra games. So I'm wishing there were some more lines posted, but some I'm looking at is like Oral Roberts and St. Thomas, just a huge clash of, of pace in that one. Um, even though Oral Roberts has been murdering me whenever I take the under. Yeah, Oral Roberts, uh, Max Aismas has what he's a 2000 point scorer now at this point, I think. So it feels like he's been there for 12 years, but they love to push pace. The interesting thing is, and I don't know if you've watched St. Thomas yet, uh, I don't have this kid's name in front of me, but St. Thomas's point guard, listen, I, I love basketball. It's, I was playing last night, I played this morning. I, I am just a lover of the sport of basketball. And the kid's point guard for St. Thomas, I'm pulling up his name currently, is a basketball player. Like he, he, he plays it right. I, I really enjoy watching. I cannot find this team. Jeez, there we go. Uh, Andrew Rohde, R-O-H-D-E. I don't know if that's how you pronounce Rohde. Uh, who knows? He shoots a significant amount of their shots, but he is one of the nation leaders in assists. He doesn't turn the ball over much. He's one of the nation leaders in, in steal percentage. He can shoot the free throw. He really can't shoot the deep ball, but he knows he can't shoot the deep ball. He doesn't try. So you're going to see some some Rondo behind the back passes. You're going to see some highly efficient layups and uh, getting to the rack, getting to the rim, making the right decision. I really like watching this kid play at St. Thomas. Are they better than Oral Roberts? No. Uh, but I I hope I hope that this kid transfers to a better school because he can facilitate and make other kids look really good. Uh, and at St. Thomas, I mean, what, they're – 13 and seven. So he's done his thing there. He's the best player on their team by far as a freshman, six foot six point guard. And he's put on some weight. He's 180, but uh, a really fun team to watch. Zach says there's no number in the oral game. So I would assume that total. What would you think, Chad? I, I, it has to be like almost 160, if not 161. Um, I was going to go like 155. But then again, Thomas can play up. Um, and they are, I mean, top 70 in efficiency. So you may be right. Yeah. And the main thing here is, and it really numbers don't project, but St. Thomas does not want to stop scoring. Um, they, I've seen them, I've seen them hit layups with 20 seconds left in games that they were winning by a lot. They, they're one of those teams. So, uh, market knows that in there. I think that they'll probably get like one, a 159 to a 161, 162 range wouldn't surprise me by any means. All right, so we we locked in Toledo. We locked in Duke under. Um, we hopefully will get to Albany under if it's near 137. Maybe it gets there at the end of the show. Uh, and then we have one more. I hope that there's a number for this. Again, Zach, I apologize. We're stretching this. Uh, and I know that Chad is going to like this one. We've already talked about it. But it's the Penn versus Dartmouth under. 142.5 is the number that I saw per, I believe it was. Let's cool. We got a number there. Uh, do you? I know you have an opinion on Dartmouth unders. Uh, Chad, smack it, hit it, go away, go do your thing. I like it. I mean, every time I don't take one, they hit, so take it. And then, yeah, I mean, it reminds me a lot of what was the team last year? I think it was Lamar. Every game I'd look at Lamar and be like, they're going to score 42 points, and I would never take their under just thinking that they would finally wake up, and they never did. Um, so, yeah, I'm all aboard that one. Yeah, my my main thing is, again, it's similar to the Albany game style is they have a big man who scores all of their points, again, 30%, 30.2% of their shots. So this team only plays well in the idea that they're going to the half court. Uh, the issue here is Dartmouth, and the reason that I think this number is big, and, it, and it's a, it's an interesting thought process when you're looking at numbers, is like, why is this number 142.5 if you think that the number should be whatever? And my reason here is Dartmouth is graded 91st in tempo for Ken Palm. And if you have watched the Dartmouth game, this isn't right. It, it is. I understand how they do their numerics. But Dartmouth does not care at all to be 91st in the nation in tempo. They care to feed the ball into the big and get to the free throw line. And they've done it a lot. Cornish at point guard can't do much. He's really good free throw shooter and he gets to the line as often as possible, but Penn's a good basketball team and the numbers project it. Um, and I, I, I think that this number is significantly off. I thought it would be near 136, 135. So 
uh, cool with it being the show's third play, I believe, Zach. The under 142.5 and Dartmouth versus Penn. And I think I have one more if we want to even it out. Um, I was on the fence at 133.5. I'm hoping to get 134, 135. But Monmouth and Towson looks pretty good. Monmouth is just a shell of the team they were the past few years. Towson plays slow. I think that, yes, it's a 17-point spread. I mean, Monmouth is probably going to score 50 points. And, I mean, that should about do it. (laughs) I mean, it's they've been miserable this year. Yeah, Towson is um, a team that plays pretty solid defense from what I can remember. Yeah, they're 344th in tempo. So, um, like we were saying – Chad said uh, a slow underdog, and I I rebuttaled that I think that the favorite in most cases holds the ability to, to dictate the tempo. This this is a team who is 344th in tempo as a 17 and a half point favorite. So now just extrapolate that out into the theory that what do you think Monmouth is going to do if they're playing a team that it is this slow and an 18 point favorite? The market assumes that Monmouth is going to score close to nothing, and um, I would in most cases tend to agree. I had them at 57 points. Uh, if you click their Ken Palm, they're red in every single metric. The issue is Monmouth does run pace. I don't think they'll have the ability to here. Um, so I agree. The fourth lock for the show, lock it in, would be the under, what, 133 and a half in the Monmouth versus Towson basketball game. Interesting. We, uh, we, we went an entire Saturday slate with only getting one team probably in the top – 100. I think I think Toledo is pretty close, but um, if we can get injured by the end of the show, we'll get that. If anybody has any questions, I'm getting them pulled up. Yeah, I'm about to hop into Brad's question of Michigan State versus Illinois. That's a, that's a game tonight. Uh, the last time I looked at the line, it was six. Uh, this has moved from six to six and a half all morning. Do you have an opinion on Michigan State, Illinois? Uh, it is six and a half still. So perfect. You have anything there, Chad? Oh, sorry. I thought you were leaving it open-ended for the chat. I really don't have a say there. Admittedly, I got through like 80% of the board, and I didn't get through that one yet. No, you're good. Um, I think that this is an interesting matchup. Illinois has their problems. I think they've been very publicly displayed, their problems. They had um, a kid leave the team. Sky Clark left the team with issues. Like this team was falling apart. Uh, and then in the last two games, they beat Wisconsin, beat Nebraska. And apparently they're road beaters now because they're six and a half point favorite versus a Michigan State team who has done everything right. They have won what? Um, that is two, four, six, seven in a row. So to be a six and a half point favorite, something seems weird here. These are two teams that at the start of the year, if you asked me, I would have said were both severely overrated. Uh, Michigan State was 31st in Ken Palm. They're now. 42nd, so they've fallen off a little bit. And Illinois is somehow 24th, which I don't understand. Uh, I, I I lean towards the under here. I think 137 and a half is probably too many points. I don't know how either of these teams score. I think Illinois is shot probably to the higher of their metrics. I just don't think this is a good basketball team. They've, they're 58th in tempo, but that doesn't worry me much because Michigan State is always going to be able to do uh, what Tom Izzo wants to do. They're going to be the better coach team here in most cases. So don't worry too much. Uh, I like the under here. If I was to bet anything, you can get a you can get a 138 if you're in Pinnacle. I believe Zach could get a 138 if he wanted to. He's in Pinnacle in Canada now, I believe. Uh, so I cannot, but you could uh, you could get the best of the best of both worlds there. And Zach says yes, it is. So uh, have fun getting a 138 at Pinnacle, beating the market, being able to find that on Best Stamp. Short plug to Best Stamp, great app, but. Yeah, so uh, do we have any more questions, any games anybody wants us to get into? Or do you have anything, Chad, that you just want to talk about? I think I'm good. I'm just like still – it takes me so long to get through this slate. What I like to do is like handicap it all and then like drink a coffee and sit on it and then like look at it again. And then I don't know if we want to get into like tips here, but like I like to – bold games that like have a little bit of value or even if they don't have value that I want to revisit and then cut the rest out. So then I could limit, you know, a 200 game slate to maybe like 50 um, and then to 25 and stuff like that. So 
if anyone's looking for some tips, it's not easy. Yeah. So, uh, that's a, that's a good question. It just got asked as you were talking about it. So what is the process you guys go through? So, um, short and sweet, we both bet primarily overnight college basketball as, as much as some pros are going to want to say like right here, middle finger. That's what we do. We, uh, we're not betting $10,000. We're not betting $20,000. We can get down a sizable amount of money on overnights and get people on them. We're betting them. So we usually wait till decent market opening, uh, probably 7 PM central. And we're betting overnight totals. They move. I, I believe we're at like over 200 games this season at like a three and a half, four 4% closing line value. So we're seeing good market moves. Uh, but the main thing here is if, if your question is process as in like time of betting, we are overnight betters. Uh, so you say more overnight morning of, but process standpoint, I am a strictly numbers better. I, I, Graduated engineering school. This is our first show, so we'll have this talk. Um, maybe in future shows, we won't have to have it. But I graduated engineering school. I am a numbers person. I'm a fucking weirdo. But at the same time, I love college basketball. I bet several sports, but college basketball is the only one that I could sit here and tell you about St. Thomas's point guard uh, passing ability because I I watch those games because I am psychotic. Uh, hence my right State jersey behind me. So it is actually signed by Loud and Love. Funny story. Um, he is number 11 for Wright State, not number one. But Wright State is such a small school that they don't sell personalized jerseys. So we have a number one jersey by Loud and Love. Um, shout out Loud and Love. It was, it was I, I, a strange a strange occurrence. But uh, those are the kind of games I watch. I, I used to love Wright State. So um, mostly numbers. And then when the numbers are done, you can just kind of can depict based off. Uh, college basketball is one of the craziest markets there are because kids can tear his heels in practice and it not be known because there's 360 teams. Yep. And uh, so there's it's a lot of fluctuations, but numbers for the most part. I know Chad is numbers better. If you want to talk about uh, like your your go-to or, or what you do on a daily basis, but uh, I think you kind of covered it for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I've said it a few times. I'm a numbers better because I think that gives me a really good baseline. But I'll always use the comparison that that two years ago, Gonzaga team and Purdue team, I always had value on their unders. And I was like, there's no fucking way. And then they scored 92 points in the first half. So there's rarely a time where like I have a game going over and I take the under. But sometimes if I'm over by a point, somebody's banged up, they're coming off a few days of a road trip. Um, I will go against my numbers, just use a lot of intuition and I think it's a good balance between the two. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that especially in a market like college basketball, intuition becomes really pivotal. Uh, your numbers can post about 30 games a day uh, because just of market variance. Like, uh, example, on Saturday, if, if let's see, Winthrop versus Campbell, if my number was to be off by 10 points, I, I would assume that somebody's probably hurt. Uh, but it's possible. The, the market it, is betting 272 versus 235 just – probably a little bit off. So like 10 points, obviously is a, is a very far stretch is dramatic, but uh, you can see differentials of like two, three, four points. I think in most cases, and these just absolute dog shit games, like sacred heart versus St. Francis, New York is playing Saturday. And um, that's where we look. That's, that's our niche. Uh, Chad has learned a lot of these just random as hell teams. I, I would be interested to see if you graded out the average ranking of the teams that he bets on. It's probably in the two thirty to two fifty range. Uh, I, I try to stick more to higher level if I can get information, uh, try to do that injury bets. We, we get a lot of injury information and, um, so don't have any tonight, but if we do, we'll share them on the show. Always an interesting angle to have any kind of just secondary market availability, like having an idea that you can be like, Hey, this is going to happen for sure. It's not my numbers depicting this kid will be out tomorrow. And, uh, if you can read the market there, then you're always going to win. No doubt. But I think that's all the questions we have. If anybody has any more, Zach, let's try to check one more time. If we have an Albany number, uh, I would assume no, but worth a shot before we end the show. No. <laughs> Blank as can be, too. Like, not even, like, they didn't even give us a thought of a number. So, no, we won't have a, an Albany number. That'll be a... Um, Opened. If you watch the show, it won't be tracked on Betstamp, but we do like that number at one thirty. I think I had anything at one thirty-four and a half up to one thirty-seven. I think that number is way wrong. Ken Palms. I had it at one twenty-eight. So in most cases, you're going to be fine there. But uh, we're not going to track that one. I like it. Do you like it? I would assume 
your number agrees on my Albany number there, Chad? Yes. Okay. I thought so, uh, but I wasn't sure. But yes. all right. Okay. So we have a question to recap, and then we're going to end the show. Again, first off, this is our first show. I've never been a host. I uh, hope that it's been decent, but I, I did definitely forget to recap. So, Zach, if you could pull up the uh, pending wagers. Yeah. So we have the Dartmouth. My face is in the way. There we go. The Dartmouth. Penn under 142.5. We have the Towson Monmouth under 133.5. The Toledo minus eight versus Northern Illinois, I believe. And Clemson Duke under 142.5. These will all be pending in our hit the books bet stamp. So if you have the bet stamp app, just go to um, the hit the books. You just search betters, hit the books. It'll pop up. You'll see our pending wagers. Um, and they all are bet stamp verified. So nobody can say that we just made up some, some numbers. You saw us lock a man live on the show, damn it. Uh, Toledo is kind of sketchy, but DraftKings is available everywhere. And Zach gave me the, the uh, thumbs up, so we're going to go with it. But that, yeah, that's all we got. 51 minutes, not too bad. Uh, I appreciate uh, the, the shout out there. But uh, we have shows, what, Monday and Friday? Chad and I will be talking. We'll have Tom Casalian on Mondays. Excited to talk to Tom. Never talked to him. Have you ever talked to him? I have not. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. It'll be a fun first show, y'all. We'll get to see us talk to him for the first time. Next Friday, I will be in Vegas doing the show live, probably in a hotel room, because I would assume that I'm not going to be able to do it anywhere else. Uh, But, yeah, that's all we got here. I appreciate it. Shout out Circa for sponsoring the show, the best sports book in the U.S. and the world. Uh, Can bet knows on futures if you want to. Uh, And that's all we got here. Also, if anyone is interested, a self-plug, I will be on with Sammy Adams tomorrow, which should be a good time. An, an interesting twist. We take Sammy Adams. Okay, so we're going to be talking some sports with Sammy Adams of all people. I grew up on part. Sammy Adams. He called me today, and I was like, dude, we got to stop talking now because, like, this stuff is so good. Yeah, so that'll be an interesting show. Chatter days on uh, Chad's Twitter, self-plug to the Moneyline Chad Twitter there. Yes, All sir. Right. For that, that's Chad. This is me, CC. Zach, appreciate you in the background. Uh, if we missed anything, shoot me a private message and I will, I will robot it out. But if not, that's all we got for you. Hey!